p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF 
is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink. Have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. Oh, this is the wonderful time of my life. Oh, 
stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five Hello and welcome, mutineers. You're turning to Mutiny Radio and it's 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. You probably already knew that. So this is Labor and Love Radio. Radio by, for, and about working people. Labor commentary, labor history, labor opinion. Labor school. All from the point of working people. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is where you are, you're on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your house who is not a friend of labor. When I say labor, I mean you. Labor is life. Welcome, everybody. We started out with a pretty nice uh, set there of well-known people. I guess you could call it first. The latest one, of course, is Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. What labor organizers and songwriters and poets and authors have been doing for so many years trying to 
get people to realize what a con job the whole work ethic is and the job ethic. Dolly Parton did with one song, best-selling country song of all time, Nine to Five. Sometimes I think that man is out to get me. Well, of course he is. That's how it works. You work for him, he takes some of what you produce. And uh, you're left with a difference. Plus, you don't maintain your ownership of the product of your work. Someone else buys it and pays for it. Or someone else claims it even before it's made. Okay, this is the Labor and Love Radio Show. And uh, you heard Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. Before that, the classic, jazz classic, the jazz crossover song. Take 5 by the Dave Brubeck Quintet, recorded in 1964, I believe, or quartet, 1964. Um, Brubeck was raised in Northern California on a cattle ranch. His father uh, had a ranch. And uh, at one point during the year, I guess they would hire part-time workers seasonally uh, his dad hired an African-American man. And one day Dave Brubeck, uh, as a boy, went out riding with his dad and, and this guy. They went to go do some. And Dave Brubeck realized to his horror that this black man had been branded. He had a, he had a brand on him, like a cow. Or, or any kind of a, an animal. He said he never forgot that. Take five, Dave Brubeck. And the one before that was, was uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp, Didn't It Rain? One of the pioneers of the blues guitar who really had a big effect in the development of rock and roll. Uh, why isn't she more better known? Well, uh, why isn't she better known? Well, number one, she's African-American. Number two, she's a woman. And number three, she's gay. She was gay. So she was one of those um, entertainers, a lot of them from the South, who, who there was this tension in them between religion and what some people call the devil's music, rock and roll and blues. Sister Rosetta Tharp. Okay, well, let's listen now to um, Radio Labor. This is our World Labor Report from Labor Radio. News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded 20th, 2019. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, Labor calls the United Nations COP25 climate conference a disaster. Global unions tell the Philippine government to stop killing unionists. 
The Labor Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labor. Labor activists are disappointed that more was not accomplished at the UN Climate Change Conference held in Madrid December 2nd to 15th, 2019. The conference, called COP25, was called to review the Paris Agreement on Climate Change and other initiatives. To find out what happened at the conference, I talked to Samantha Smith. Ms. Smith is the director of the Labor Movement's Just Transition Center. I asked her about her expectations going into the conference. We went to the COP in Madrid expecting that governments were going to respond in a meaningful way to the climate crisis. Because we really are in a crisis, right? We have one heat and extreme weather event record after another being broken. There is an urgent need to transform economies and societies to get a just transition for workers. So we were expecting the governments were going to rise to that challenge, and specifically that they were going to make commitments about how they were going to get a just transition on a national level and bring down emissions, do meaningful stuff about adaptation, and for rich countries to provide finance to developing countries. We also were hoping that there was going to be progress on things like a loss and damage mechanism, which is a mechanism that would help poor countries manage the impacts of climate change or compensate them for impacts to which they can't adapt. Were your expectations met? Well, I mean, I have a particular perspective on this because most of the work we do at the Just Transition Center is actually closer to the ground with federations and with unions, with workers getting concrete plans for just transition. So if personally, if I'm thinking about whether or not there's progress on that front, there absolutely is, right? Like the government of Germany has agreed a very good plan negotiated with German labor to transform the German power sector, including uh, increasing the share of renewable energy and energy efficiency, and also phasing out coal. And that plan involves no worker being left behind. The pathway for every worker, either to an equivalently good job or to, or to pension. And also in Spain, it looks like we're finally going to get delivery of the agreement similar agreement that the the Spanish government negotiated with the unions about phasing out coal coal mining. And there were other other countries, cities, and states that uh, were also reporting progress on just transition plans at the climate negotiations. So if you look at that level, then stuff is happening, and it's pretty good. If you're looking at at the U.N. negotiation level, it was a disaster. I mean, amongst other things, UN security ejected, locked out, debadged more than 200 people, including some of the leaders of our own trade union movement. There were some really bad discussions about emissions trading and how governments might be able to use that in order to avoid cutting emissions at home. There was really not a lot of progress on finance, and governments are very shy about talking about what they would do to make more progress in cutting CO2 emissions. Hands of trade unions! Hands up! Hands of teachers! Hands up!
The government of the Philippines has been told to stop killing and harassing trade unionists. Representatives of a number of global unions met the ambassador of the Philippines in Geneva recently to call for respect for labor rights in the country. One of the labor leaders at the meeting was Rosa Pavanelli, the General Secretary of Public Services International. She told the ambassador that she was particularly concerned about the government labeling unionists as terrorists. Labeling some of those people as terrorists can be used as a way to, to bypass the law from employers sometimes you know, and uh, violating fundamental workers', uh, workers rights. I personally have the situation of some of our affiliates that are in the public services with the donors organization, sponsors organization that are supporting project for ratification of Convention 151. They were asked to present the list of the leaders and they are afraid to give the name. They are afraid to give the name because they fear to become a target. So the situation is very delicate and sensitive and uh, we really urge the government to take a serious measure in order to prosecute the responsible, to investigate and prosecute the responsible of the killing, uh, because this is the only way to re-establish the rule of law. The labor leaders left the meeting with the ambassador and met with demonstrators outside the consulate. They were addressed first by Ambit Yusin, the general secretary of the Building and Woodworkers International Global Union, BWI. We presented our uh, letter calling them to, to stop the killing and asking the ambassador to communicate to the government to accept the high-level mission of the ILO next year, and we asked them to investigate the killings. Walter Sanchez, the General Secretary of Industrial Global Union, also addressed the demonstrators. Really urged the ambassador to convey the message to the, to the government of the Philippines to accept the high-level mission recommended by the ILO so that the human rights are put on the center. Another labor activist who addressed the demonstrators outside the Philippines consulate was Teresa Casertano from Uni Global Union. One of the activists whose home we visited was dragged from her home in front of her children by ununiformed state operatives and taken to jail and held for days. Uh, until she was released on bail, but her charges have not been dropped. She was one of the 57 individuals who were rounded up in October. And we don't find this acceptable. We find this chilling for all workers who are trying to exercise their rights as part of legitimate trade union organizations and legitimate parts of global labor and human rights. 
The demonstrators were also addressed by James Ritchie, the Assistant General Secretary of the Global Union IUF. People disappear, people get arrested on a regular basis. This is totally unacceptable. And we, uh, with other global unions and the ITUC, joined together to send a very clear message to the Philippines club government that this is totally unacceptable. We will keep protesting. We will keep supporting our sisters and brothers in the Philippines, and we will keep highlighting human rights abuses. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Each day, Labour Start's volunteers collect hundreds of news items about workers and their unions from around the world in 31 languages. Here's a small sample of those stories. Our top stories section included links to coverage of why the Italian government has concluded that Egypt organized a cover-up of the torture and murder of an Italian scholar studying the country's independent labor movement, the introduction of legislation allowing for independent trade unions in Vietnam, and how Coca-Cola is inciting violence against union activists in the Philippines. We also had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. We carried stories about wage strikes by Korean car assembly workers, garment workers in Myanmar, British public transport workers, Canadian oil refinery staff, banana plantation workers in Panama, and Spanish museum staff. Strikes against rollbacks were being mounted by millions of French workers as their general strike against pension reduction continues. Canadian forestry workers who have massive public support six months into their walkout against concessions and Chilean radio station employees. Walkouts caused by ongoing government austerity policies included one in Spain where staff struck for a day as a warning to the state-owned rail system, Mexican water treatment workers, and a one-day walkout by Brazilian teachers. A solidarity strike was organized by Portuguese postal workers in sympathy with comrades who are to be laid off in the new year. An attack on basic labor rights provoked a response in Nigeria where postal workers were facing down a government committed to contracting out their work. Our Working Women pages included stories about the legacy of apartheid that domestic workers are struggling against in South Africa, a new film about the women leading Bangladeshi garment unions, and the fight for union recognition organized by Macedonian sex workers. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the alarming rise in violent attacks on ambulance workers in the UK, Canada, the United States, South Africa, Australia, and Brazil. A Canadian film festival with the theme of safety for sex workers and dozens of stories about how the extraordinarily hot weather and smoke from wildfires is affecting Australian workers. Currently, Labour Start is running three online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labour Start, reporting for Radio Labour. Now here is Australia's Victorian Trade Union Choir with You Knew, Grandpa, You Knew. One, two, three, four. Now hear a song from 2020. Now global warming isn't new. The year 
Christians grew and grew. You said it's only froth and bubble, but did you really have a clue? You knew Grandpa, you knew Grandpa, so tell me what did you do? What you do? You knew Grandma, you knew Grandma, so tell me what did you do? Now hear a song from 2013. We hope it's getting through to you. Why did your pal say so dirty? How come you didn't just renew? You left your casino to above us. Sit up and listen to a view That you were selfish and were naughty To leave a world in such a stew You knew the temperature was rising You hoped that it might stop at two It's more and so it's not surprising That we can put the blame on you you knew Grandpa, you knew Grandpa, so tell me what did you do? Tell me what you do. You knew Grandpa, you knew Grandpa, so tell me what did you do? And that's it international labor news you can use. You can find our features and daily newscasts on our website at www.radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, this is uh, Labor and Love Radio coming back to you. That was radio, our radio labor feature. Every week we play that. It gives sort of uh, keeps us up to date on labor actions all over the world. Lest we feel, you know, alone as working people here struggling against a mighty foe all by ourselves all over the world. In every continent, people stand up for their rights. People stand up for their rights at work. You are part of a very, very large and historical movement. I want to play something now in honor of a five-year-old girl named Solina granddaughter extraordinaire and uh, she's celebrating her birthday 
next Friday. So here's one for her. This again is a great song. It's the Eatsy Weensy Spider. And we're also going to do this two times through um, and we're going to show you kind of the, the hand motions as we go through. All right. The Eatsy Weensy Spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Up came the sun and dried up all the rain. And the eensy weensy spider went up the spout again. The eensy weensy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Up came the sun and dried up all the rain. And the eensy weensy spider went up the spout again. And once the kids know that one, you can also change it to um, what I consider the American version, which is the Itsy Bitsy Spider. You can also... And they all 
get out of the rain. Yum, yum, yum. The ants go marching three by three. Hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching three by three. Hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching three by three. The little one drinks a spot of tea. And they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Yum, yum, yum. The ants go marching four by four. Hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching four by four. Five by five, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching five by five, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching five by five. The little one eats a pumpkin pie. And they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Yum, yum, yum. The ants go marching six by six, hurrah. Go marching six by six, hurrah, hurrah! The ants go marching six by six. The little one eats potato chips, and they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Yum, yum, yum! The ants go marching seven by seven, hurrah, hurrah! The ants go marching seven by seven, hurrah! That's for Solina. <clears throat> Those three were for Solina. The Incy Beansy Spider, the Wheels on the Bus, and the Ants Go Marching. The ants Go Marching. Maybe a, uh, a lesson on uh, human perseverance. 
Okay, let's talk. Now I want to talk about uh, Richard Wolff. Richard Wolff is a Marxist economist working out of New York who has a show, a local show, I think it's Friday mornings on KPFA, I'm not sure. But Wolff has a knack of presenting Marxism and presenting the whole world of economic theory in a very plain way, a very plain and understandable way. Here he's responding to a Canadian um, right-wing intellectual named Jordan Peterson. Let's hear what he has to say. Through the magic of the internet, it is possible for me to respond to some things that were said by a Canadian psychologist by the name of Jordan Peterson who teaches at the University of Toronto. I'm not going to be talking about the psychology he teaches or that he preaches, because that's not my area of expertise, just as it's clear that Marxism is not his. However, he has made statements about Marxism, despite not knowing very much about it, as is evident from what he says. Uh, and in, these have included daring Marxists to debate with him, just for the record, anytime, anywhere, as long as we can work out the details, uh, no problem at this end. So what is it that's wrong with what Mr. Peterson has to say about Marxism? Well, it's partly that he's recycling old Cold War stuff. The Cold War was over in 1989. Most of us have moved on around the world. Mr. Peterson seems to be stuck. And he's stuck with one of the oldest kinds of arguments imaginable, telling us that we should not be interested in Marxism. In fact, it's kind of immoral, in his words, to be interested in Marxism in view of what Stalin did in Soviet Russia. Well, okay, Stalin did terrible things in Soviet Russia. However, Marxism exists in every country on the face of the earth. It's been going on for 150 years, and a lot more than what happened in Russia under Stalin over a period of 15 or 20 years has to be taken into account if you're going to make an assessment of Marxism. To use the one example that is really horrible over there as the judgment on Marxism would be about the same sense as saying Christianity should be dismissed because of the Catholic Inquisition or the destruction of the Native American population by Christians or the Holocaust against Jews, gays, uh, and, and so forth by Christians in Germany and on and on and on. Two world wars by capitalist Christian countries fighting each other might all qualify for the kinds of argument Mr. Peterson makes. We don't make those kinds of arguments because they make no sense and Mr. Peterson oughtn't to do that with Marxism. The only other thing to say is he seems to reduce Marxism, when he actually talks about it, to the problem of inequality, that some people are rich and others are poor, and he deals with that by the very sophisticated notion that poor people's anger at rich is their envy of the success. Uh, this is an insult to those folks who are critical of inequality, but apparently Mr. Peterson doesn't worry about that. So let's respond. Inequality is indeed a social problem. But it has nothing particularly to do with Marxism. People have been talking about the problem of inequality for thousands of years before there ever was a Karl Marx or a Marxism. 
The whole point of Marxism was to explain why inequality under capitalism didn't go away. And let's remind everybody, capitalism comes into the world in the French and American revolutions talking about being better than feudalism because under capitalism, you see, we are free, we are equal, we are democratic, and all the rest of it. Capitalism was to bring, in the words of the French Revolution, liberty, equality, and fraternity. Well, as you know, and I know, and even Mr. Peterson must know, we have capitalism, we sure do, but we don't have freedom, equality, and fraternity, not even close. Mr. Peterson's own speech is an indication of that. So the Marxists have always said, why is that? Why do we not have the equality that capitalism promised? And the answer is in the analysis of capitalism, the way in which capitalism organizes society with employers and employees, the kind of parallel to lords and serfs and masters and slaves, such that the employees produce the wealth that the capitalists get into their hands, thereby becoming wealthier while the mass of the working people are excluded from the very surplus their creativity puts on this earth. In other words, there's an explanation. If Mr. Peterson understood that, his critique of capitalism might address that explanation. Instead, he acts as though there is no explanation that Marxism is about the envy of the poor against the rich with this caricature, with this straw man, which he knocks down with gusto. He thinks he's actually done something. For those who know something about Marxism, listening to him is embarrassing. That was Richard Wolff taking on a Canadian. Jordan Peterson. <clears throat> Mr. Peterson says that Marxism is envy? No, it's people who want the basics. People who want the basics. Income inequality is based on a system that feeds it or else it wouldn't exist. And what is the system that we're under? It's capitalism. Okay, this is, now here's a special um, kind of documentary, I guess, about Emma Tenayuka. Emma Tenayuka was a uh, was born in San Antonio, Texas, and in uh, 1936, when she was very young, she got involved in local politics, and uh, eventually became an organizer and um, worked with pecan shellers. This was a highly exploitative industry in uh, in Texas. And um, Emma Tenayuka led a strike against pecan growers, pecan producers, that was suspicious. 
but then she ran into problems. So let's listen to this. Emma Tenayuka. This is on a program called UTSA's Institute for Texas Cultures. On a hot August night in 1939, San Antonio experienced the worst civil unrest in its history. A mob of 5,000 people converged on the municipal auditorium. Their purpose was to attack a group of Communist Party members meeting inside. But the focus of their anger was a slender young labor organizer and Communist Party leader named Emma Tenayuca. When they couldn't find her, they turned their anger on the seats and the windows and whatever else they could destroy. And in the days that followed, they frequently threatened to kill her. The woman who aroused such passions was raised on the west side of San Antonio by her grandparents. Her grandfather taught her to fish in the San Antonio River. She was one of 11 children. Uh, she and her younger sister, Maya and Carrie, went to live with the grandparents, her maternal grandparents. And I know that her uh, grandfather really nurtured her. He really nurtured her intellect. I think they would curl up in a chair and read the newspaper and, you know, look at the pictures and talk about what was going on, things like that. On trips to the Plaza del Zacate, now known as Milam Square, Emma's grandfather introduced her to the intoxicating world of political ideology. By the time she was 15, Emma was reading works by Karl Marx and such intellectuals of the Mexican Revolution as the Flores Magón brothers. By the time she was 17, she had been jailed for walking the picket line with workers striking against the Fink Cigar Company. By the time she was 21, Emma Tenayuca was known throughout San Antonio for her passionate support of better wages and working conditions for the city's laborers. She was a gifted orator and skilled union organizer, and her name was becoming anathema to the political establishment. All the elements were in place for her greatest confrontation. Since the late 19th century, pecan shelling had become one of San Antonio's major industries. 25% of the nation's pecans were processed here, mostly by Hispanic women working in sweatshop conditions at near starvation wages. In January 1938, the shelling companies dropped their payments for a pound of shelled pecan meat from 7 cents to 6 cents. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. 12,000 pecan shellers went on strike. They asked Emma Tenayuca to lead them. Emma was everywhere, writing pamphlets, walking picket lines, giving fiery speeches. But soon, the power structure of the city, spearheaded by the police, descended on the strikers. Hundreds were arrested, dozens were jailed, including Emma. 
The strike continued for months, and the strikers eventually won back their original pay. More importantly, they proved that workers had some power. But I think that she felt that she made a difference with the pecan sheller strike. She spoke of it as a beginning um, because it, I think what it did is it gave people hope and it gave people the knowledge that they could make a difference. After the strike was settled, Emma continued her efforts for the poor and the unemployed. But her affiliation with the Communist Party set up another confrontation. The one that left her running from a hysterical mob at the municipal auditorium. In a move that cost him his political career, Mayor Maury Maverick allowed the local communists to meet in the municipal auditorium. Maverick felt it was a free speech issue. Unfortunately, some disgruntled citizens didn't see it that way, which is why Emma and other party members had to be hurriedly led to a safety under police escort. After that night, Emma adopted a lower profile. For the next 10 years, she continued to promote workers' rights, but she herself was forced out of the workplace. Shunned by San Antonio's business community, she could not find employment. In 1948, seeking a quieter life and a chance to earn a living, Emma left for California. She would not return for 20 years. When Emma once again took up residence in her native city, she hoped only to enjoy her extended family and settle into a quiet role as a public school teacher. Instead, she found herself honored as a pioneer Chicana, a Hispanic woman who had been ahead of her time as a feminist and civil rights activist. In 1981, she was included in an exhibit of notable Texas women at the Institute of Texan Cultures. In 1986, her achievements were recognized by the San Antonio Women's Hall of Fame, by Our Lady of the Lake University, and by St. Mary's University. In 1990, she appeared on the poster for the National Women's History Month. You know, there were times when I thought I might be lynched, said Emma, but I never thought I would be honored. There was kind of a debt of gratitude among her contemporaries. By, by that time, you know, the 80s and 90s, you know, we had, thank God, you know, we had minimum wage, you know, we had fair labor standards, we had Social Security, you know, we had uh, food stamps, things like that. So there was a recognition that, yes, you know, we don't let our citizens starve to death. We take care of the workers, our citizens. And so they realized she was really ahead of her time because that's what she was fighting for way back so many years ago. In a cruel twist of fate, Emma's brilliant mind succumbed to Alzheimer's disease. She died in 1999. But the world she left behind was changed, and Emma Tenayuka had helped change it.
Amatena Yuka there, real pioneer <clears throat> organizer out of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, ended up living in San Francisco for much of her life and uh, was a teacher here in San Francisco before she returned to uh, her hometown of San Antonio. Emma Tenayuka, one of the people we we honor on the labor cards, the labor deck. Emma Tenayuka. All right, let's see. How about the Rolling Stones? Unavailable, huh? Let's see. We're going to play uh, Allen Ginsberg's America. Good way to kick off the new year. America, I've given you all and now I'm nothing. America, $2.27, January 17th, 1956. America, I can't stand my own mind. America, when will we end the human war? Go fuck yourself with your atom bomb. I don't feel good, don't bother me. I won't write my poem until I'm in my right mind. <laughs> when will you be angelic? When will you take off your clothes? When will you look at yourself in the, through the grave? When will you be worthy of your million Christs? America, why are your libraries full of tears? America, when will you send your eggs to India? <laughs> I'm sick of your insane demands. When will you reinvent the heart? When will you manufacture lambs? When will your cowboys reach Bangalore? When will your dams release the flood of eastern tears? When will your technicians get drunk and abolish money? When will you institute religions of perception in your legislatures? When can I go into the supermarket and buy what I need with my good looks? <laughs> America, after all, it is you and I who are perfect, not the next world. Your machinery is too much for me. I don't want to work for a living. You made me want to be a saint. There must be some other way to settle this argument. I don't want to die young. I want to die old and unhappy. I don't mind dying so long as it's not sorted. Now, Burroughs is in Tangiers. I don't think he'll come back and it's sinister. Are you being sinister or is this some form of playing a practical joke? I'm trying to come to the point. I refuse to give up my obsession. America, stop pushing. I know what I'm doing. America, the plum blossoms are falling. America, I haven't read the newspapers for months. Every day somebody goes on trial for murder. America, I feel sentimental about the wobblies. America, I used to be a communist when I was a kid. I'm not sorry. smoke marijuana every chance I get. <laughs> Only $2.27. 
I don't want to work. Maybe it's looking for the job. I can't study any more. I'll ever teach for a living. I sit in my house for days on end without going out. When I go to Chinatown, I get drunk and never get laid. My mind is made up. There's going to be trouble. You should have seen me reading Marx. The American flag is absolutely meaningless to me still just as it was in the 30s. I won't say the Lord's Prayer. I have mystical visions and cosmic vibrations. America, I still haven't told you what you did to Uncle Max after he came over from Russia. I'm addressing you. Are you going to let your emotional life be run by Time magazine? I'm obsessed by Time magazine. I read it every week. Its cover stares at me every time I pass the corner of Northwest of Sutter Street and Montgomery Street. I read it in the basement of the Berkeley Public Library. <laughs> Time Magazine is always telling me about responsibility. <laughs> Businessmen are serious. Movie producers are serious. Everybody's serious but me. <laughs> it occurs to me that I am America. I am talking to myself again. is rising against me. <laughs> I haven't got a Chinaman's chance. <laughs> I had better consider all of my natural resources. <laughs> my natural resources consist of two sticks of marijuana, millions of genitals, an atom bomb, and 2,500 mental institutions. <laughs> I say nothing about my prisons or the millions of underprivileged who live in my flower pots. I have very few bordellos, and that's all there is. I have abolished my whorehouses in France, and Tangiers is the next to go. My ambition is to be president despite the fact that I'm a Catholic. America, how can I write a holy litany in your silly mood? I will continue like Henry Ford. My strophes are as individual as his automobiles. More so, they're all different sexes. <laughs> America, I will sell you strophes at 2500 apiece, 500 down on your old strophe as trade-in, and the rest of your life is to pay. America, free Tom Mooney. America, save the Spanish loyalists. America, Sacco and Vanzetti must not die. <laughs> I am the Scottsboro Boys. You are! America, when I was seven, my mother took me to a communist cell meeting. They sold us bupkis, a handful per ticket, a ticket cost a nickel, and the speeches were free. Everybody was angelic and sentimental about the workers. It was all so sincere, you have no idea what a good thing the party was in 1835. Scott <laughs> Scott Nearing was a grand old man, a real mensch. Mother Bloor made me cry. I once saw Browder Plain 
Everybody must have been a spy. <laughs> America, you don't really want to go to war. America, it's them bad Russians. Them Russians, them Russians, and them Chinamen. And them Russians. The Russians are power mad. The Russia wants to eat us alive. She wants to take our cars from out our garage. Her wants to take our factories. Her wants to corrupt our college girls. Her wants to put us all in slave labor camps. Her wants to emaciate us like skeletons. Her wants Malenko or Buganin or somebody to be our boy. Her wants to dictify us. Him big bureaucracy running our filling stations. That no good. Look. Who make Indians learn read? Ha! Him need niggers. Both. Her make us all work 16 hours a day. Help! America, this is quite serious. America, this is the impression I get from reading the newspaper. America, is this correct? I'd better get right down to the job. It's true, I don't want to join the army or turn lathes and precision parts factories on nearsighted and psychopathic anyway. America, I am putting my queer shoulder to the wheel. Allen Ginsberg there with his classic, uh, America, as you hear from 1956. Okay, now I want to play a protest song from uh, the movement against U.S. intervention in Central America in the 1980s. The U.S. government was in the 70s. The U.S. government was heavily invested in wars. Wars. Um, one, of course, in Nicaragua in 1979, the government was taken over. The Somoza regime, corrupt Somoza regime, was taken over by the Sandinistas. And <clears throat> the U.S. government immediately. Uh, reacted by funding a group called the Contras, a bunch of former National Guard people, the people who were most involved in the physical suppression of uh, of a protest or resistance to the government. And uh, the U.S. funded them. Congress said, no, you can't do that. The U.S. did it anyway. A man named Oliver North worked out a deal with drugs and guns. The U.S. government became a drug dealer to make money for these quote-unquote freedom fighters in Central America. Well, they weren't anything but. Um, eventually, they were defeated. They went away. There was a trial, and uh, people like Oliver North, who had masterminded the whole thing, were pardoned. 
later ran for governor of Virginia, but didn't win. At the same time, there was an insurrection in El Salvador against a historically oppressive social system um, dominated by big growers of coffee. Um, these people would murder people. For example, they murdered uh, Oscar Romero, the bishop of El Salvador, the archbishop of El Salvador, murdered him. They would murder people. They were responsible for the uh, abduction and rape and murder of six nuns, American nuns, all of which Mr. Reagan kind of, who was the president at the time, kind of looked the other way. Wasn't such a big deal, was it? So all these things were going on. And the point of this show is to bring that energy, that energy of resistance and protest and creative, um, proactive politics to the time when we have it now. This song, Aqui No Será, is by a guy named Enrique Ramirez, a local guy who's uh, one of the real pioneers of what's called La Nueva Canción at the time, a movement of uh, artists who wanted to make music more meaningful, especially the lyrics. Um, so this is by a group called Oso Matli, Aqui No Será by... Enrique Ramirez.
Ay, ¿Cómo la ven? Los primeros en morir en Irak, latinos. Pero que no nos quieren aquí, dice Chihuahua. ¿Cómo está la cosa? Vamos a ver. Dicen que los gringos son unos hombres muy valientes Por eso mandan latinos primerito para el frente Y los ricos se presentan como gente muy patriota Por eso la clase obrera está en Irak calzando botas Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele 
como testigo Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Por allá andan presumiendo sus aviones invisibles Que sus bombas solo matan a soldados y a civiles Ay Chihuahua, ¿cómo está eso? También dicen que sus bombas no se han dirigido mal Han caído en edificios y uno que otro hospital Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Y cuentan que los Hussein son unos hombres muy matones Pero como van las cosas a Bush no le llegan ni a los talones otros dicen que la ONU se opuso a la invasión No sabiendo esa señora que Bush era su patrón Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo CNN, Fox News, Univision Todos dicen y dicen Y si lo dicen, por algo lo dicen Pero a la hora de la hora No sé ni lo que dicen Solo que otros dicen que esta guerra es ilegal Pero por nosotros ser gabachos Eso no se ve tan mal Soy jornalero, disque ilegal Pero qué suerte la mía Si me voy para Irak Bush me da ciudadanía en la tumba, en la tumba, ya con esta me despido de esta gran calamidad. Les deseo mucha suerte descubriendo la verdad. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele. Como testigo la 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 Vamos Okay, that was uh, Francisco Herrera, local guy. That, that's his hit. That's a great song. Pero a mí no me creen. Don't take my word for it. On the TV, they say all these lies. They say they're bombing uh, military targets. But they always end up being hospitals. Now, how does that happen? <laughs> okay, let's take a look at um, labor notes. Labor notes sort of reviews the past year for... Uh, Working people, 2019 year in review, workers strike back. 2018 could have been a tough act to follow. It's not every year that a grassroots movement of teachers captures the nation's attention. 
workers across the country rose to the occasion, making 2019 one of the most exciting years for the labor movement in recent memory. In terms of the number of workers who went on strike, 2019 almost matches 2018. Teachers again made a huge showing, this time in leading big, heavily unionized school district. Okay, we're talking about Chicago, we're talking about Los Angeles, Denver teachers in February, West Virginia teachers struck again for two days, defeating a bill that would have sucked funds from public schools and opened the door to privatization. Oakland workers, teachers at eight charter schools held wildcat strikes to join public school teachers on the picket lines. Chicago teachers, the unions forced the mayor to find money that she said wasn't there. Little Rock teachers walked out a one-day strike against the racial resegregation of schools and against a move by the state of Arkansas to retract their union recognition. Educators in the Boston suburb of Dedham, Massachusetts, defied a court injunction, carrying the threat of fines and jail time, and went on strike anyway. They won all their demands, including a raise and a sexual harassment process. Seeing the writing on the wall, another nearby school district, Newton, hastily settled a teacher contract it had spent a year resisting. Locomotive workers in the private sector struck for nine frigid February and March days in Erie, Pennsylvania and beat back the demands of new owner Wabtec, which wanted to unilaterally impose a two-tier system and strip workers of the rights they had won through decades of battle with General Electric. 31,000 workers at New England grocery store Stop and Shop struck for 11 days, fending off the worst of the company's concessionary demands on health care, time and a half, and pensions. AT&T workers went out for four days across the southeast, halting the company's effort to raise their health care costs. Workers also won big wage increases and in pension and 401k enhancements. It was the biggest private sector strike in the South in a decade. And it goes on and on. 20,000 grocery workers in the Pacific Northwest. The union's analysis found that women were twice as likely as men to be hired into jobs on the lower of two pace schedules with an average gap of 350 an hour. They authorized a strike but avoided one, settling a contract that raised wages for lower paying jobs and formalized the steps to advance into higher-paying jobs. 49,000 General Motors factory workers went out in the longest national strike in the U.S. auto industry for decades. In six weeks, they cost the company $3 billion in profits. 
Strike ended in a contentious settlement that brings current second-tier workers up to top pay faster and provides a pathway to permanent employment for some temps. However, the tiers will persist for new hires and the union conceded the closure and sale of the Lordstown plant and two other facilities. Beyond the schools, a public sector standout union was AFSCME, Local 3299, representing 25,000 campus and hospital workers in the University of California system. This year, they waged their fourth and fifth strikes in a long-running strike campaign that takes aim at racism in the state's higher education. Read the article. It's not all bread and roses, but it does tell kind of honestly what's going on or what went on in 2019. We tend to forget about all these things if they happen, especially earlier in the year. Okay. Um, this is just one from uh, Facebook. Andrew Jackson. The, the controversy, you go back and check this out. The uh, U.S. Mint had proposed to change the face on the $20 bill. Right now it's Andrew Jackson. And they were going to change it to Harriet Tubman. By the way, if you got a chance, go see the Harriet movie. And you see where the United States is at. Andrew Jackson was a slave trader, owned slaves, profited from their labor, supervised the removal of tribes from the southeast of the United States in the Trail of Tears across the country to beyond the Mississippi. He deserves no place in our money. History professors talk about Jacksonian democracy. Jackson was a slave trader. A slave trader? Who do we choose to put on our money? A slave trader or a slave freer? Harriet Tubman, at great risk, her life was always on the line as she returned to the South. She herself had escaped from a farm in uh, Maryland, I believe, but she returned to the South. She returned to a slavery nation to bring others back. How does that compare to a man who, however um, influential, was a slave trader and an ethnic cleaner, ethnic cleanser? Uh, there you go. Go figure. 
Richard Wolff talks about de deepening general strike in France, which goes on all the time now. Unions and Yellow Vests United mobilize against President Macron's uh, liberalism, uh, economic liberalism, bust back worker, things that serve workers, pensions, medical care, all those things that an enlightened government pass, passes to protect its working people. Um, Wolf return, uh, referred to medieval, uh, one of the great boasts of capitalism is that it replaces medieval medieval structuralism. Well, let's take a look. Feudalism then and now. The point of this website is I read IT. Okay. So, beginning at the top with 0.0001.1%, monarchs in the feudal model, in the capitalist model, it's central bankers, Federal Reserve Bank of Japan. These are the absolute up-top power people, people who are closest to power. Second on the list is landed gentry. In the medieval model, they're dukes, earls, barons, privileged people. These are big bankers in our model, the capitalist model. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Never forget how uh, President of Goldman Sachs went around uh, lecturing about how we couldn't afford to keep funding Social Security and... Uh, how Americans were going to have to get used to doing with less. And his, his own wages and bonus in that year were in the billions. Millions, okay? Hundreds of millions. Next in line are the clergy. And uh, they correspond in our system to the corporate elite. Fortune... 500 multinationals. Then there were royal ministers. This is the upper level of uh, of the federal and the uh, medieval bureaucracy. Chancellors, constables, sheriffs, the people who do the will of those more powerful than them. Elected officials in our model. Commissioners, secretaries, judges, top bureaucrats. Then came vassals, tenant farmers, military officers. And these correspond to the top professionals. Doctors, entertainers, clergy. Finally, at the bottom, where we are, <laughs> everyone else. Peasants, laborers, conscripts. And in our model, it's workers, students, soldiers. 
So the monarchs and the central bankers are 0.0001%. Landed gentry, 0.0001. Clergy, 0.35. Royal ministers, 0.2. Merchants, 0.2. Vassals and top professionals, 0.75. And everyone else, that's us. 98.5. Who says we're not in feudalism? Who says capitalism has conquered feudalism? Never happened. Let's listen to something here by Eddie Rabbit on our way out. This is Labor and Love Radio, and you're listening to The B. President Donald Trump was just in...
Okay, that's about going to do it for Labor and Love this week. Uh, stay tuned for my buddy Scott O. Walker and his show, Flat Black Plastic, coming right up after our break. Just want to remind everybody. Just want to remind everybody that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is, where you work, you're on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Remember, it's your labor that makes them rich. And when I say labor, I mean you. Happy birthday to Selena. And hello to everyone else out there. You know who you are. Come on back on next Saturday. And join us here for Labor and Love. Signing off. Happy New Year to everybody. Good work. Good time. Talk to you next Saturday. This is the B signing your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in 7 days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Mr. Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. Download a pop-
listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco MutinyRadio.fm Hit the donate button Stream them live Download a podcast Have some fun San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Hello, Blake. Henry. Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. 
From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 Before we begin shows our li- for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? 
Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz. Special happy hour prices all night long. If you're a mutiny radio, comedy festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. 